you know, in terms of listeners, the word that comes to mind is hope. Mm. Because I feel like right now, Mm. in this time, in this day, when you look at the news, it's hate Trump, hate liberals, hate activists, hate cops. When you look at social media, it's a whole bunch of mudslinging and fighting. With corona, you know, there's fear, there's panic, there's anxiety. And people are looking for hope. People want hope. I've learned so much over this first year of podcasting. And I wanted to share with you guys the 10 most life-changing lessons that I've learned this year. So I created a document and it's on my website. What you're going to do, you're going to go there. It's going to be 10 life-changing lessons. Click on that button. It'll ask for your email address so I can email it to you. Sign up for it because these life lessons radically changed the way I viewed my life and the way I started living. It helped me to get better in the areas that I've so desperately wanted to see progress and growth in. And because I know they helped me, I really believe that they will help you. And I wanted this to be a gift for you guys. So I really hope you enjoy this gift and go to the website, thewholepersonpodcast.com to get it. It's free. And I hope you guys enjoy and learn as much as I did from it. Today, we have a guy on our show who is a man after my own heart, who is kind of in a similar journey of rediscovering what personal growth looks like in a personal experience in documenting the journey, challenging belief systems. And today, we get to talk with Adam Escal. Adam works as a professional who felt trapped in his work, who lived out his life's and his family's expectation on himself. So he decided to help create an unshakable mindset to become emotionally bulletproof and to grow his confidence and to work with leaders as well to build his own profitable, meaningful business that helps leaders shape their identities, the way they think about themselves and challenge the paradigms that we so have in our own mind. Adam, welcome to the Whole Person Podcast. How are you? I'm well, Evan. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Adam, man, thanks so much for joining us. Dude, you and I got to talk, golly, earlier, was it this week or last week? Yeah, I think it was this week. This week. Two days ago. And we got introduced through a guy that came on the podcast by the name of Brian. And he basically told us that you and I needed to connect because we were both very interested in loving ourselves through the process of change and challenging some of the paradigm shifts and both on a journey that we're documenting. And so, man, I'm, I'm so excited to just hear about your journey and what's going on in your life. So just kind of tell our audience a little bit about who you are, your background, where you came from. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be on the show. You know, uh, when we first spoke, um, there was something different about what you're doing that resonated with me. Uh, because you don't hear too many people doing that, documenting the actual journey. And and to me, that is what has personally felt the most vulnerable. So when I see someone doing that, I recognize that, hey, this is actually taking a lot of courage to actually show their true self, have the, sh- the spotlight on them. So again, just want to acknowledge you for, for taking the leap and doing that. Thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, here's where I'll start. I... 
I had, a, I had a good childhood, right? I'm, I'm going to skip the childhood. I mean, right. with her micro traumas, sure, but we're going to we're going to skip that and go. <laughs> we're going to go right into adulthood. And we're going to go into adulthood. We're going to go into Mess. adulthood. I in 2010, I became the 15th member of my family to become a dentist. So. Two years later, after that, as I was going through more school, I married the 16th. So to say that dentistry was a big part of my upbringing to what I saw to what I experienced is an understatement. It was like, it's like nature and nurture. Like, are you going to be a dentist because this is in your blood or is it going to be a dentist because, hey, you know, that's all you know, that's all you're seeing. And I'll just be honest, when I went through some more training for the next three years, become a, a specialist periodontist. I thought like, I was like, all right, I'm set. Like I've got my life figured out. Phew. Like, this is great. I'm just going to go in. I have big, big dreams to, to be the best version of a dentist that I could be and to end up going around and speaking and teaching and sharing and learning. Like it was all gravy. Then the moment I actually started to practice and I practiced with my father from the get go, something was like terribly, terribly off. Mm. And that lasted for five, that lasted for seven years because my last day was was a week ago. But for five years, I really, really struggled. Um, I struggled in many different ways. Like I struggled with not having control. I struggled with the office not wanting to change and, and grow into the vision that I wanted. I also was working with my father, who, by the way, I love very much. He's, he's an amazing person, but he had his own desires and his own wishes and things that he was comfortable with. And I had a totally different set of things that I wanted to accomplish. Um, so with this process of being in a place where I actually felt like I didn't have the control to influence things the way that I wanted to, I spiraled into some deep emotional pain and, and some depression. Um, I felt totally unsupported with work and in that environment, it wasn't the, an environment that was healthy for me. And I brought that home to my family too. So I was seeing and feeling unsupported throughout my entire life. And I'll, I'll kind of fast forward a little bit that caused me to want to step away from from what I was doing. I had to, I was like, you know what? I can't actually be here this much. This isn't healthy for me. It's not healthy for my family. It wasn't healthy for me as a husband or as a father. And so I started getting into you know, personal development, self-help, spirituality, uh, meditation, mindfulness, things that, that ultimately had really made an impact on my life. And with that process, I was able to step back and then start asking myself some bigger questions. What are they? <laughs> it's like, it's like, is this all I'm going to do? Right. Is this it? Like, can I actually do this for another five, 10 or 15 more years? I don't want to, but what other options do I have? And to me, there were none. Like I wasn't able to see creatively or broadly to someone else. They'd be like, of course you have options, right? Start your own thing. Um, you know, go partner with somebody. And I kind of explored that. I was like, eh, this kind of isn't it until this one day I met one of my best friends, uh, and I tell this story, and we were supposed to go to hang out at a Maryland Live casino 
And this was at the time where it was like, all right, it's rubber meets the road. It's time for you to actually sign the dotted line and buy your father's practice. And it was, Evan, it was killing me. Oh, it wow. was killing me. I could, I was so terrified of making that commitment because I was struggling every single day of dread of waking up, going to work, not wanting to be there. I would get to the, I would walk in the front door. I would head straight to the back office. I would sit down. There's a computer screen there. I would turn it on and I would be pointing to the computer screen and actually counting the number of patients that I had to see before I could leave. I just didn't want, I didn't want to be there. And, um, and it wasn't, it, it, the patients were great. Interacting with them was great. I learned how to do this at a, at a pretty high level, but there was nothing in my heart that actually wanted to to do the work. There's no satisfaction. There was zero satisfaction and fulfillment, and it was a slow process. It just kind of worked its way all the way out. So I'm sure you know this, Adam, but our audience doesn't. And I want to share something that dentistry is one of the highest careers where dentists end up committing suicide because there's such a high level of unfulfillment and satisfaction for whatever reason. And I'm just curious with, with you, you were in the same tug of war that a lot of these guys are, but you made a healthy decision. You decided to do something different, to change your mind and to pursue different goals. What was that process like of being like, you know, I'm not going to go negative with stinking thinking. I'm, I'm just going to change my environment and I'm going to change my mindset and I'm going to change who I am. I don't have to be stuck in this loop. Yeah, it's a great question. And I'm going to just tell you the, the absolute truth. What it real people see this as courageous. And there was some things that I do that, that felt more like courage to me. This was moving away from pain. This was moving away from emotional pain. It was what else, what do I need to do to actually function like in the world? I need to I need to back away for a little bit. I need to start working less hours in this office, and I started working in some other offices. Um, and it was, hey, am I actually okay? Like internally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, committing to doing this for what I thought was the rest of my life. Like that's just the thoughts that were going in my head. So until I realized and gave myself permission, this was happened when I met with Jesse, he was like, man, you could actually do anything. And he was like, Hey, you could actually just start your own thing. You could start, uh, you know, he was talking about in dentistry and he started listing out solutions that I never was aware of. But when I heard that, I really heard, you know, you actually really could do anything. And that was the switch. That was the permission that I needed to give myself to actually really explore what is it that I want to do. Um, and I wanted that. I think deep down to answer your question, I really, really wanted something more. I just didn't think I was able. Maybe I didn't think I was worthy or capable of actually getting it until I really had those words sink in deeply. Well, I think probably one of the other things that that was there is there's this expectation being the 15th dentist in your family and having to break the mold, breaking family expectations. I mean, I, there's a lot of expectations on children that parents put knowing or unknowingly. So how did you come to terms with like, you know what? I need to be selfish here. 
Oh so man. This word that I recently learned from you of <laughs> selfishness is okay. How do I be selfish here and realize I need to put myself first versus put the expectations of my family on me? Oh, this is so good. This is such a great question. Uh, growing up, I definitely had the idea of selflessness is so admirable. And I'm not, I'm not even really knocking that at this point, but um, choosing to do things that you really, really want to do is either not okay or it's not safe. Like that was, that is what got ingested into my subconscious, right? Like if you really want to, I'll give you an example. Um, I liked to be I don't know. I kind of like to to be funny, to connect and communicate when I was probably in middle school or elementary school and kind of express myself in a loud way. And, and I, and I'm, I'm thankful that you had the bravery to share this with me and the courage to share this with me, but I got teased. I I really remember this one time where it kind of lasted for a few months that I thought I was like being myself and being like funny and just trying to be inclusive um, and then all of a sudden people like my closest friend just started calling me, Hey, you're, you're weird. You're, you're weird. And I kind of felt like for the first time, like, Oh wait, this felt, this feels really scary. Yeah. Like you're all of a sudden you're, you're who you are, but now they're kind of sh- moving away from you. You're being judged as weird. Um, so that really, in, uh, in, in a core place kind of woke me up and said, well, maybe I can't actually be this way anymore. Like that's doesn't feel good. Uh, and so uh, I'm kind of blanking on your initial question, but. Expectations with family. Right. So as I was going through this journey of backing away from, uh, you know, the office, kind of backing away from my father a little bit, because I'd be seeing him every day at work, but now I'd be seeing him less and less. I started hearing these messages about, hey, what is what is your purpose for being here, right? Like, why are we here? Well, we all have a purpose. And if it, and what is true desire? Like true desire is something that it might come from God. It's something that's deep within. Like, why is it that we want to do, be, have certain things? Why is it that you, Evan, are feel so called to share your message, to speak up and, and share about your experiences? And why do you get the, that internal feeling of like, excitement and enthusiasm. Like, well, maybe there's something to that because we know there's times we have this internal guidance system. We know there's times that we're being led to, to do or be certain things. And there's sometimes like for me in dentistry, that absolutely feels like the opposite. Well, why is this, why is this feeling sinking for me? So I, once I started, I could think I could say this now, but once I started to realize that, Hey, I maybe have to accept the fact that that's a, you know, that's, that's a sign, right? There, there's something that I don't, that's not resonating with me in there. And it's okay. It's okay, Adam, again, give yourself permission to want something else, something different, something more for yourself. So once that permission and acceptance comes in, then you start, then the doors kind of open up on, on what is possible. Then you start getting like then, oh, what, like there's this coach, like what, what was that like? Well, that would kind of feel fun and you just kind of like let yourself explore. That's awesome. So what yeah. led you to coaching? 
Yeah. So thankfully, um, when this process was happening, after I talked to my, this all, the, the big epiphany moment was talking to my friend, Jesse, he had just been getting coached for like six months. Uh, again, a, a dentist, a friend of mine. And those words that day, I, I was with him at Maryland Live Casino. We were supposed to go gambling. We didn't gamble one cent that day. We just talked at the bar for four hours. And I'm telling you, I've known him from settle school. We've talked, we kept in touch, but he has never been so clear and confident. Like his confidence, his being, his energy, his words were so crystal clear. And I was really intrigued. I was like, what? Who what are you? Who, who is this guy right now? Right. And I just wanted to know more. It's like, he told me he was getting coached. And I, I was like, you know, I kind of want to get coached. Well, what's this about? This sounds really cool. I want to be able to have impact people in that way. Kind of open up that, that interest. And that, that was my next move. I, I interviewed three coaches. I found my, my first coach, um, who, who is still a friend and a mentor. And it, it, you know, shortly after that, I realized this is what I want to do for now. So, you know, you have this proprietary six-step practice that you use in your own approaching in your own coaching program in your own coaching program. <laughs> what go go through these six steps? Like, use them on me. Uh, what whatever you want. Let, let us know more about them. Cool. Yeah. So this is really. It, I use this for people who are looking to find work fulfillment, but this could be used for anything. Okay. Right. Every problem has a solution. So, um, so if you, if you want to take, Hey, work fulfillment, you're trying to find that for yourself. You need clarity in the beginning. Um, and with that clarity comes, like I said, a permission, a permission to explore. So that's the first thing you have to let yourself play. And I'm using the word play there somewhat intentionally because when you're in a play mode, you're opening yourself up to creativity. When you're in fear, doubt, and worry, you're limited because the mind, you know, all the, all the resources are going into, hey, we need to survive. So you don't open yourself up to possibility that way. So first step is permission and getting clarity over what it is that you want, what it is that, again, that's going to be fulfilling to you. The, the second step is to really take that clarity and create a vision, right? What is the absolute dream when you get out of your own way? A lot of this is just self-limiting, right? So what is it that your, your vision would look like um, if you can be, do, or have whatever it is that you want? I feel that the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, intelligence, spirit, it doesn't matter, uh, doesn't hold back in terms of what's possible. We were, we humans have learned and adopted ways to put limits around what's possible. So, um, let's use our imagination and really play again with what the, the grand vision is. And then the third step is mindset. I mean, mindset's huge because what people do if they don't, um, normally if you are faced with a problem, right? People either go into, Hey, let's get, let's go figure out strategies and advice on what you could do to solve it. But that's the same thing as, um, taking ideas and putting them on poor soil. Uh, we are the soil, our thoughts. And I know you've done work with CBT, our thoughts and our belief systems, are ultimately the soil. So we need to remove or um, unlearn first the things that are really going to hold us back from getting it is what we want. And then we need to replant good belief systems and values and, and things that are going to 
be in alignment with that vision. Just in it. I'm sorry. I was just going to say for everyone who's like, what's CBT? Not CBD, CBT, (laughs) CBT. cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's what Adam just said. It's a way to reshape the way you think in your mind to have a healthier response to triggers in one's life. So yeah, sorry. I just, I just wanted to clarify what CBT was for people. That is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Everything happens uh, at the belief level. Right, because because if you work at the end of mind and you you start off with okay, what is it that I want to be, do, or have? Right, that's kind of like my initial question, and you create a vision towards that. And it's not like you're going to get there and life is going to be magical. I know you you've shared that before. That was a really great distinction that you say like, hey, you're not working to get to some place. And then like everything, all your problems are going to go away, but it does give you a purpose, a reason, energy fuel to say, Hey, this is what I want my life to look like along the way. I want to have this, um, this vision, this imagination that I could use to have like the life that I want. So if you start with that, Hey, there's the result I want. Okay. Well, then you kind of go backwards and say, well, here are the actions that I would need to take in order to get the result okay, well, that's great too. This is really helpful. But what are the beliefs that are gonna, that you need to have in your soil, in your mindset, that's going to foster and fuel those actions? And so that, that's why that part is so important to the coaching process and, and to the learning process. So do you know who Dr. Shad Helmstetter is? Mm-hmm. Look him up. Amazing guy. He works a lot with self-talk PhD and... In terms of self-talk, how, how do we transform our belief system? How do we, and he talks about positive affirmations and, and listening to new belief systems. And he talks about belief systems as a language. Mm-hmm. You know, you know he's, he was a linguist and he says, you know, to learn a new language, you have to listen to it. Because if you're just trying to say it, he goes, your mind's going to tell you what you're saying isn't real. Hmm. But if you're listening to it, it'll get down in your subconscious and then you'll start to believe it. Hmm. So I don't know for what that's worth. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm actually, I wonder when that's going to take an effect, really listening, hearing back the belief system. Um, it's, it's so important. Thank you for sharing that. I'll you check bet. That out. Now, was that a part of three or was belief system number four? So mindset uh, is really three. Number four is is actually the strategy, right? Because then you finally get the soil. So what are the strategies? What are the day-to-day action plan items, step-by-step things that you need to do? Like we said, once you have the belief system, then it's the, the strategies, the actions to get the result. And then five is okay, you're going through this iteration process. You're actually starting to move. You know, you know you're doing some things, but we need to up-level our skills. So it's really like, hey, what are the skills that we need that's going to make us more effective at what we're doing, right? Because we're not going to say like, hey, belief system's enough. You could just sit on your laurels and just sit back and like have it all come. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a law of attraction guy, but there's a big step of that that I feel that's missing. It's like, you got to get on the court. You got to take action and... And so, and, and so it might take a certain amount of skill set to get there. And then the big fuel, this goes back to the fuel, number six is the energy. The energy is so important, right? I, if I wanted, if I thought I wanted to be this like world, whatever, the best dentist that I could be, 
I don't, I don't think I would have had the natural energy to get, to get there. Mm. Right. It wasn't there. Um, the environment sure wasn't there. And that's a big part of the energy, right? What's the environment that you have that's just going to support your overall goal, mission, purpose, passion? Yeah. Energy is such a big part of every everyday life. And as one who tends to hold to the Christian faith, there's a lot of new ageism that talks about energy as, as God. And as Christians, when, when we hear the power of energy, it's like, it's almost sends off some red flags. And what I want to mm. tell Christians is like, wait, God is energy. God created energy and energy is a real thing. If you don't want to believe in it, uh, you live in a world full of energy. You look at the radio station. It's a way that things get sent in the air from one radio station to the antenna in your car. There are literally waves of energy all around us, positive and negative. It's why you can attract negative energy. You can attract positive energy. Our bodies are like antennas Mm. and our nervous system has different central hubs where we're actually, there's an energy output that allows our body to move in the manner that it does. And so our bodies are full of energy. And so there's toxic, there's negative, there's positive. Like energy is a real scientific thing created by God. And it, it's really important for us to understand how we show up in the world is what we'll often attract. And so, dude, I love your six steps. You got to give yourself permission. You have to have a vision, a mindset, create a strategy, iteration, and then the, the energy, the output from, from all that. So what has led you for self-discovery on this journey? You know, you talked about how you were in a place that you didn't want to be. And then you looked at coaching, you got coaching. You're like, Hey, I kind of want to do this. And then you decide to create these steps after doing that and you've applied it to your own life. Talk about some of the fulfillment that has come from doing this. Oh, it's the, the, again, it's using the word selfish and I use the word selfish in a, um, a self-love way when I say this. It's so, uh, the energy I get from the work that I'm doing now the study, the sharing. I'm just getting going, by the way. I am just getting going, right? This is not like I'm not, I haven't made it. I'm just getting going. The, the work that I'm doing now and the fulfillment from it is so energizing. That's when, that's my new barometer that I know that I'm on the right track. Um, I have something to compare it to. So how do I get going? This is a lifelong process. Like, I've had, I'm working with two coaches now. I've had many, many coaches and mentors. I hopefully will continue to have that. The more I know, the more I've learned, the more I know that I know nothing. I know nothing, Evan, nothing. I mean, I mean that and not in a self-deprecating way, but like, there's just, you know, and I know something, I know something. So, um, so, so with this, it's like, all the experiences that I have, I do a lot of uh, self-introspection. I talk to a lot of people. You know, I'm, I'm continually trying to learn things that are, interest me at the time. I'm okay to pivot when there's something that I'm feeling, hey, I'm not getting that. Like, 
I'm not really interested in reading this book right now. I don't even question it. I'm like, oh, well, this one I really want to read about. Um, that's just like a way I can make a, a faster decision on where is it that I need to go? Just kind of tapping into that and really honoring it. Like, why is that coming in? Do you ever ask yourself like, why, why is it that you are, are so energized to do this and not maybe some as, other aspect of your life? Like I, I use that as a real, you talked about having inputs and outputs in your nervous system. I think that's what keeps us connected to, to God or source or whatever. It's definitely part of it. So in this process, you know, we've talked about our lives separately on, on different occasions. What, what questions would you have for me or challenges that, that you would like to throw my way um, or questions that, that you'd like to bring up? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing I, I really believe deserves attention and, and acknowledge you on is just, I, I don't know if people are aware of this, but what you're doing is the, the I think, one of the hardest things that uh, a human can do when you have to battle your mind and battle all of the, what you're doing is you have a, a lifetime of evidence of reasons why you shouldn't share and speak your mind and be yourself and be vulnerable and have a light sh shine on you like that. Because if you do, you'll get hurt. You're going to get made fun of. People are going to judge you. And yet here you are feeling called to do something more. And I'm always just interested in hearing like how how you're anchoring something and how you're doing that. Because it could feel so, so scary. Mm. To answer that, oof, that's a good question. And, you know, up until you asked it, I really never thought about it that way or looked at it that way. Cause I, you're right. I mean, I, there is a lifetime of pain and hurt of being who I am and being vulnerable in front of people and being absolutely humiliated. So why I would even push further in this, I have no idea why, except for the fact that I saw a problem that there is this disconnect between people who I wanted to be like and where I was. Mm. And I had no idea how to bridge that gap for myself or how others bridge that gap. And then I realized, oh, wait, maybe, maybe I'm the gap. Maybe I'm the bridge for not only myself, but for other people. Maybe I model these things. Maybe I try these things and I try them out and see if they work or not. And if I fail, I fail. And if I succeed, well, then great. I showed someone how to succeed. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is this insatiable hunger for authenticity, for self-growth, self-awareness, and this desire that I hope my journey is not in vain and that by going through it, it might help love someone who feels dead on the inside. Are you so? And like when you say that, it comes through with such clarity. What are what are you getting out of doing that process? Uh, explain that. Like, yeah, like, like what is the personal? Yeah, personally, the what is the done for your confidence? Um, you know, what are the results for you actually going through and showing everybody, hey, this is the journey for me? 
Well, for starters, I've actually started making changes in my life that I've wanted to make changes in for years and never could. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of that is learning how to love myself through the process of change. The other thing too is I found something that I'm really good at. And I say that because one, it's true. <laughs> and two, I'm consistently hearing from guests on the show and friends and listeners that, hey, this helps them and they really appreciate the point of view. And I don't want to just, you know, pat myself on the back, but I will. I, I consistently hear how they're amazed at, at my ability to do this, which to me, it's just like, I just do this. I, you know, I have no formal training. I, I just, I'm me. And because I'm just me, that brings so much more validation to me just being me. And I, I think when it comes to, man, I lost sight of your question here for a second. No, it's actually opening up to a broader question because it's so, it's so wonderful, which is for your listeners, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking to themselves like, yeah, I've, I've heard, I'm listening to these two people and they're sharing their experiences, but I'm really, ex- I'm scared of expressing myself in a certain way um, or I'm scared of taking a risk um, and asking for what I need or, or you know, whatever it is. Um, or I'm hearing this thing about selfishness and it's really like, it's really triggering me. It's something's feeling off about that. You know, what is it that we could share with them that will be in service to them and, and their mindset, you think? Well, in terms of being more vulnerable, Mm. there's this Bible verse that talks about don't cast your pearls before swine, meaning don't give vulnerable stuff to people that are just going to trash you. Mm. And I say that to say that actually implies here because there are individuals in my life that I can't share this stuff with. So important. And so when I look for validation, I'm not looking for it from the people that I know that are going to trash me. I don't give them that part of my heart that part of my energy. So I deliver this to people that are going to want to listen to it, or I deliver it to people who I know I can trust. That, that, that was so monumentally important for you to say that when, as I, okay. So until when you're making a shift, this is what I found when you're making a shift and you're trying to um, be courageous or do something else or be vulnerable. And Brene Brown talks about this, um, but you haven't gotten through the other side where you've built the confidence around the new belief. You're right. It don't, that Bible verse is so valuable because if you share that part of yourself or whatever it is that you want to do with someone that's not going to be supportive, it could, I mean, it could set you back light years. Yeah. Uh, I experienced, we talked about that offline. We talked about that offline with, Hey, like the first time I started sharing myself, someone close in my life was saying, Hey, you shouldn't be talking about this. I didn't speak for a week. Um, I just wasn't confident enough around what it is that I wanted to do. Uh, and you're right. That could really, really set you back if you haven't built, uh, you know, the belief around it and, and the muscle around that. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. What other questions do you have? Well, again, it's just, it's, it's what, what can we talk about that would be in service? Um, you know, you, you've kind of gone through this process. Um, we're going through a process and, and we're, there's going to be more to go, but 
you know, what are the listeners, uh, what is it that's going to resonate with the listeners to get them from where they are now to what, what's best for them? I think, you know, in terms of listeners, the word that comes to mind is hope. Mm. Because I feel like right now, mm. in this time, in this day, when you look at the news, it's hate Trump, hate liberals, hate activists, hate cops. When you look at social media, it's a whole bunch of mudslinging and fighting. With corona, you know, there's fear, there's panic, there's anxiety. And people are looking for hope. People want hope. And so in this process, when it feels like the world is going to hell around us, I just want to say to people, there's hope. It's not going to be like this forever. There is going to be a season where things change and they will get better. And a lot of it is situational and mindset. And, and I guess I want to share this and Adam chime in here in any point. 2019, a lot of great stuff for a lot of people. For me, it was one of the worst years I've ever had in my life. 2020, it's bad for a lot of people, but it's one of the best years I've ever had in my life. So how can I be in one of the worst points in history for a lot of people, but it be one of my best years? What I've, what I've learned is, one, I've, I've learned to listen to God that helped set me up to prepare for 2020. I didn't know what was going to happen in 2020, but there's things I felt like he said to do, and I did. And it, it took me out of what 2019 was. And just so you know, Adam, we had seven financial uh, uh, catastrophes. You know, six of them happened one month in a row. I had two, two surgeries. I hurt my knee. I was out of work for four months. I had knee surgery. And then later I had emergency appendectomy. My wife, we lost uh, a pregnancy. She had to go to the ER twice. My son went to the ER for appendicitis, but turns out it was just gas lock. And then we were sponsoring a, an orphan to have medical help to pay for her surgery, to have life-saving surgery. And on the, uh, on the uh, surgical table, she died. And all of this cost us financially. My wife was in a wreck. It totaled my car. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say totaled, almost totaled, but it took a month for us to get our car back. You know, we had insurance go up. We had more bills because of that. And then two days after the wreck, our only other vehicle that we had broke down for good. It kaput. So we had no vehicle for about a month. And then we only had one vehicle for about six months, but we chose not to go in debt because we wanted to get out of debt. And that was one of the decisions that helped us in 2020 is that not only did we not go into debt, we bought a car in cash, we saved six months for it. But now I don't have a, one of those 200 plus payments, which relieves a lot of stress right now in 2020. So all I say that is there's hope. There's hope from where you are now and that the future is going to change. And Adam, your story is a story of hope. You, you went from a place that felt trapped where you felt like you were in a circle but life is not in a circle. Life is linear. You're moving forward. So what, what advice on hope would you give people? Oh, I, I, I just, there's so much to say here. Uh, the first thing when you were sharing that popped into my mind was the problems in life are always going to be here, yeah. right? Like life is going to happen. And what 
I'm drawn to, and clearly what you're, you're tapped into is this idea of, of faith because I mean, this happened the other day, right? Like we're going through the sale of a house and this is the third contract that we're on. It's not a big problem, like first world problems. I'm just, but, <laughs> but what I'm trying to share is that how do you tap into faith and to hope when everything feels so real? I'm not going to have an answer here, right? So here, I think I might have one. Great. Because my hope and my faith is not in my circumstances or what surrounds me. My faith and my hope is anchored in Jesus Christ. You know, because I, I know and I believe and I can trust in him that at the end of the day, the only gift that matters in life is salvation. If that's the only thing that happens and everything else sucks, salvation to live eternally with God is enough. And then the other thing too is like a lot of us put our faith and our hope and our trust and specifically our peace in our circumstances. Mm-hmm. But real peace is not circumstantial. Peace no. is in spite of circumstances. And I think peace is a person. I, th- I think it's, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I, I believe that, that the peace is of Jesus. And so when I'm in these situations, I'm not looking to myself. I'm not looking to my surroundings. I'm not looking to my bank account, but I'm looking to Jesus. And because I can be anchored in something other than myself, and I know that he's lived here as a man. He's gone through the same things we've gone through and far worse. That gives me hope. And so that is incredibly powerful. And I could see how that could be an, an incredible service because to what you said, if you're going to anchor into something that you identify with, me being this amazing peridonis and then COVID happens and then no one's coming through the door, right? Yeah. Like you being a successful business person, you being um, this really fit person. And then all of a sudden you got a health issue and then you can't exercise for a year. If you identify with something so tightly, your circumstances or something physical or something, and this might be a little bit too broad and, uh, but, that is where people could run into some really, really big catastrophes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you could, you know, so, so that that's where you could, could lose hope pretty quick. Sure. So yes. just out of curiosity, what's, what's your journey through, through this in terms of faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun, which one of those calls your name and what, where you're at in the journey? I love that. Well, all those Fs, by the way, they are Fs. Oh, so six F words. So, so I've got, I've got a. That's funny you say that. I might have gotten this from you. Okay, great. So I love, I love those words. Um, I'll be honest with you. Faith is something that I'm so amazingly attracted to, and yet I don't think I really had it for the majority of my life. Um, mm-hmm. So it's still new. It's something that I really, you know, I could see in your sharing um, what that what what that I, I could only see as much as I can see, but when you share that and your um, your love and your faith for Jesus, 
yeah, you know, th- there's something that's that's very powerful there, and I mean that in like a yeah, you know, really mm, nice way. way, yummy yeah. way, yeah, yummy, uh, yum. yummy, like really like inspiring, yeah, in a Justin Bieber yummy kind of way. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> totally. Justin, we gotta give Bieber a shout out here. Um, so that's something that I'm 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 been thinking about and and kind of tap trying to tap into. Uh, family is very important. Uh, fun is obviously very important. Again, with the family, uh, this kind of te- tears back to self-love, self-care. It's like mm-hmm. the the more I am able to show up in the version of myself that I want to be, everyone else f- gets the benefit of that. And I, I mean, I get the benefit of it. It's just totally self-giving. It's it's totally giving. Um, you you use the example before maybe not on this podcast with you know when you're on an airplane they would say to put your mask on before you put on your child's mask so um so because i was showing up at home i had two young boys at the time i was in a dark place with work and i just didn't love myself like i said i felt unsupported at work i felt unsupported at home i only felt unsupported because that was what's was i was feeling inside of me I'll give you an example of that. Yeah. I would walk into my ha- uh, into my home at the time, and um, I, I just didn't. I had very little confidence, uh, and I would walk in, and if my wife was just doing the dishes and didn't say hello to me, I would take that as a, like a personal thing. I'd be like, "Oh, she doesn't. She doesn't want to even say hi to me tonight. Like, what is it? I'm worthless, right? Like that was what was go- that was what driving the ship. Um, so I had to get me right. Uh, and until I, I could, and, and the, when I dip back into those states of states of being, it I see it in my environment and the people I interact with in the circumstances. If when I'm not right, I just get evidence from everything outside of me that says, "Hey, you're you know you're not right, and you're right. You, you suck or whatever." So I really value self care a lot, and I value mm-hmm. it for me, I value it for the people I work with, um, because I think everyone else gets the benefit of that. Right. You know, in our society, there's this idea that self-care and self-love is not, it's not a good thing. Like it's selfish. Well, selfish per my new definition with you now, it can be a good thing. You know, people look at selfishness as like, I have more than this person and I'm greedy and I don't want them to have anything. Oh, and if they have something, I want to take it from them. Like that's people's view of selfishness. But selflessness can be taken care of, like you said, of yourself first. And there's a lot of things right now politically about um, money and what's fair, what's not. But there's, there's this great verse in the Bible, and Jesus said it. He goes, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, selfishness, like, oh, you know, the Bible talks about being selfless. Yes, but the greatest commandment actually has selfishness in it. And in the context of which Jesus said it in is that there were people, Pharisees, who were trying to trick Jesus saying, hey, which one of these is the greatest commandment? Mm. You know, they were trying to disprove him and discredit him. And, and then he comes up with that and they're like, oh, wow, this is awesome, you know. But here's the catch in it is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength first, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And that last part is so important. If you don't love yourself, you're not going to love your neighbor. 
Totally. Imagine um, everyone's been in this situation, right? You, you're, you're trying to do something for someone else that is not, does not resonate with you. You only can give so much. It's not really an authentic giving that way. Right. And I mean, when you give, we need to be cheerful at giving. You know, our heart needs to be in a good place. Cause if we're dude, how many times, okay. So like how many times have we tried to be manipulated to give? And I'm oh. not talking about ties and offerings by people who are televangelists that just want money, but I'm talking about in life. Like I do a Craigslist deal or something. And then someone tries to give me a sob story because they want it for free. And all of a sudden we start feeling pulled to give. And then I'm like, wait, they're trying to manipulate me to give. And then I refused to give. They didn't, they didn't allow me to be generous. They tried to manipulate me to be generous. Yeah, no, this is, this is, this, I didn't know we were going to go here and something's coming up uh, with a lot of fire behind it, which is um, the idea. If you don't give, that means something about you. And that means you're a bad person, but think about it. If you really, everyone's kind of gone, hopefully gotten there at this point. If you actually love yourself deeply, you see love in the other person. So I'm going to say this. I don't care. Um, Evan, you were sharing something with me offline that was deeply personal to yourself. I felt a tremendous love and compassion for you in the sharing of that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give you a hug. I wanted to give you more than that. Right. I saw that. Um, And so like, you, you can only give as you could only give authentically as to what you feel inside. Now that doesn't to say cert, like acts of service is also really self-fulfilling. Like it really fuels the soul in a lot of ways. And that's beautiful. Um, and if you get, and if you're someone that really gets something from that, that's absolutely wonderful. And if you're, if you're doing it, because if you don't, that means something about you. Again, this is a personal belief. I don't want to put this on anybody at all. Then uh, that's just something I check in with. That's just something I check in with. So you might, you might like this. And if you're new to the podcast, you're hearing this for the first time, if you're old, then you've heard a little bit of this. So 2019, I told you was like one of the worst financial years of our life. I've, I've been tithing my entire life. I've always given. And I heard, I believe God spoke to me and said, don't give, stop giving for, for a season. Just don't give, which was really contradictory to everything I've ever been taught. Wow. And it made no sense to me because my, my viewpoint is, is to give. So I talked with my pastor. I talked with a few other pastors. I talked with some successful business people and I got a handful of advice, but at the end of the day, I submitted what I felt like I heard from God to my pastor. And I was like, what do you think? And he, and after talking to him, he's like, Evan, I, I actually think you're hearing God. And I think what God's telling you is bigger than his own agenda or his own plan. I think God has something specific that he's trying to teach you. Well, guess what? I was giving, but I was bitter. I was mm. angry. Mm. It wasn't out of generosity. It, I was, I was giving and I was in lack. We were in need. We were in debt. So really it wasn't my money to give to begin with. You know, but a lot of those decisions were some of my decisions too about getting into debt. Some of them medically and all the other seven things that happened last year weren't my decisions, but we were in a big hole. And so when I heard God say, don't give, focus on your family, that allowed 
10% of what we made to be reinvested back into paying ourselves. But here, guess what? That 10% over six months paid for a car. Hmm. I mean, think about it. So, and my biggest qualm was like, God says, don't go into debt. You know, I, I think houses are a little bit different. I mean, one, I'm a real estate agent, but not a lot of people will ever be able to buy a house. And I think they're a good investment than renting. But other than that, like we don't want to go into debt. And so if God says, don't go into debt, but yet I need to go into debt for a car to get to work. Like, how do I do this? But yet I'm tithing. And so I just felt like God say, don't give. And I got to tell you, that was life-changing for my family. Like, and we're not at that point to give yet because we're still climbing out of that hole that we were in. But because of it, it has allowed us to put a lot more money towards our future to prepare ourselves to put us in a better spot. And when we're in a little bit better of a spot than we are now, dude, we're going to be able to show up better than we were showing up then. We're in a much better headspace, heart space. And so in terms of giving and generosity, sometimes you just need to give to yourself and take care of yourself so that it puts you in a position to be able to give and to love and to share with others later. Because if yeah. you're not in that position now, you're not going to be able to do it later. Yeah. So I think Ooh. I thought you'd like that. I love it. It's like how, how and why are you giving? How and why are you giving? Like what's your intention behind the give? Yeah. What's that purpose about? And that's what I hear you saying like, and there's a lot of ways to give, right? Financially, yeah. it's definitely one. Acts of service. You mentioned another one. I mean, that really? you know, there's a lot of things that you can do to to serve other people if you're not in a financially uh, liquid spot. Yeah, you know, you know the one of the number one ways that people uh, want and need it's it's to be heard or to be seen. Mm. So if you don't have the finances, how can you go listen to someone? How can you ask questions? How can you be interested in their life? That's like the effect of that service. I, I love it. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to end each show with the same three questions okay. for my guests. And so here we go. Currently, what negative self-talk are you struggling with? And how are you in the process of overcoming that? Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I'll tell you what happened the other day. I, I mean, I, it's funny as you ask, I'm, I'm grateful by the way that there's stuff that comes right into me. Like, right, like, like that, there's something that, that there's an answer that comes in. Um, I, was, uh, I was coaching a client and after the the coaching session, I had some negative self-talk and it sounded like this. It was like, oh, you could have, you know, you could have done more. Like you, 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 there was an opening here. You, um, you missed that opportunity. I could feel viscerally like myself getting constricted. Like there was a lot of self-judgment around this. Um, the, the session went fine, but the, um, the words that I was saying to myself, they're not even my words, by the way. Like those are just adopted words. So there's this negative self-talk usually comes from the form of self-judgment. Mm. Um, there's plenty of self-doubt imposter syndrome, right? Um, I was a little bit nervous before getting on the podcast with you. 
And I, I was like, I, this happened last night. I was like, Adam, why do you think that is? This is, this is a self-talk. And ultimately it was imposter syndrome because um, I, when I feel like I have to show up different than where I am at that moment, this is perfect for you and me, by the way, that's when I start getting anxious. So if I feel like I have to look smarter or say something more intelligent or not look stupid, right? These are the self around stuff that I've dealt with. That's when I start feeling anxious and anxiety. And so what I was saying to myself in the moment is like, you know what? Just go be honest. Like this is the self-talk happened just last night. And if you don't know something, so you don't know it. Um, so, and I put on, I have a whiteboard next to me. I, I put a couple things on there, like some intentions that I set for our time together. Um, one's, uh, uh, you know, has some curse word in it. Try to get me pumped up, but one is, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say it on your podcast. You're good. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I, sometimes I have the most profane silence you've ever heard. Hmm. <laughs> so here's the second question. What brings you peace? Hmm. Oh my God. This is awesome. By the way, I'm smiling at this. We've talked about this in the episode. Uh, it, it, it's permission and acceptance, number one. Um, you know, accepting myself where I'm at. Um, giving myself permission to, uh, you know, not have the answers, to fail, to look stupid, to be where I'm at. Um, mental peace to me, I value very, very highly. Um, and what's helped, I think, crack that door open is, is my exploration with faith in leveraging that there's something outside of myself that will make me feel and be okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause the mind, my, the mind is going to want to preserve our life. And that is such beautiful machinery and thank you mind. But, um, but I, I don't want to listen to that. Like I don't want to be run by that uh, and, and faith into something else that says, Hey, you're going to be okay. If, if you do this is, is what really quiets the mind for me and gives me peace. It's awesome. Yeah. What's the best decision you've ever made? Okay. It's, it's tempting to say, you know, my wife, which was a freaking fantastic decision. Um, thank you so much for marrying me. Um, and that's just like the canned answer, but let, if I'm really going to say that, uh, uh, I mean, this current situation is pretty great. I'm, I'm really, it, it's, it's, it's adopting new belief systems. Mm. Honestly, it's adopting, uh, being willing to look at things that I thought were hundred percent true and real from my upbringing and just like step back and like accept that I wanted something different for myself because then all the effects come from that. Yeah. So, and everything, like you said, is a decision. So my beliefs are a decision. And so being able to, again, give myself permission and accept and, and actually challenge that and, and decide what it is that I want, it's like incredible freeing. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world where it's a cancel culture right now. If I can't agree with you, then I'm not listening to you. If we're not 100% eye to eye. And, you know, one of the things that I, I love about Adam is that we're on we're on similar but different faith journeys, you know? And that, dude, that's one of the things I love about you, bro, is that, you know, you're, you're seeking, but we don't have the same belief system yeah. yet. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know if you will, but that's very fair. And, and that's okay. That's okay to have someone on this podcast or maybe on his podcast that have a different belief system. 100%. Because at the end of the day, he is a person and I care about him and I love him as an individual and I want the best for him. And so I, I share that, that maybe you have someone in your life that you might not have the same belief systems but it's okay. And let's, if they're just trying to trash you and hurt you, then you can get rid of them out of your life. But if they have a different belief system, you don't have to cancel them out. You can still accept and love people for who they are and where they are in their journey. Because guess what? Just like Adam and just like me, 10 days from now, we're not going to be the same individuals as we are today because we're going to learn something. We're going to grow. We're going to be different. So people never stay the same. We're always learning and growing and changing. And um, what are your thoughts on that, man? I love it. You know, the first time we talked, that came out. Um, and when I see you, and I know uh, a little bit about you and your faith, what I love about that is how that's impacting you and so many people in such a positive way. And so I don't... I don't feel like it's a one faith thing for, you know, everyone, if you're getting what it is that you need to want from whatever you want to call it, God, so it doesn't matter. Um, that's the beautiful thing about faith that is appealing to me. Uh, oh, different belief systems. Yeah. So this is going to be a tough pill to swallow, but, um, you know, I, the, what I think about is, um, your belief systems, I mean, you weren't born with them. Right. So every, every belief you have has gotten from somewhere. Now, either you're aware of what they are and you're choosing it for what you, you believe with your faith or whatever value system you have, or you're still operating under your parents or authority mm -hmm. figures when you were a child. And so when you said something which was important, it's like, hey, you don't have to agree with your your neighbor or whomever who has a different belief system, but you could still love them. I was like, totally. And who who is it that's agreeing with this other person? Is it actually you or are you still operating on what you learned when you were a kid and, you're, and you haven't really looked at that and seen if that's what feels right for you? I know that gets a little bit deep. I don't want to go sure. there. Oh, um, dude, we can so go there. <laughs> we can so go there if you want. Yeah. Oh, and so what happens when I cannot feel love for another person, right? Maybe you just can't feel love for another person in the moment. So what? Okay. Accept it, right? Like I, I'm acknowledging, like let's say someone did something to harm another a loved one. I'm having a really, really hard time forgiving this person. I'm having a really, really hard time uh, loving this person in the moment. And you know what? That's where I'm at right now. Like I know that I want to love this person. I want to forgive them because it's tearing me up inside. But right now I'm having a hard time doing it. So here's the thing. <sighs> This would be my advice to anyone unsolicited, of course. Yeah. Um, you don't have to love everyone, but you don't have to be rude or mean or critical or negative or try to hurt them. If someone has done something 
egregious to you, what our responsibility as a human is to forgive and to let go. And the letting go and the forgiving is really about making sure you're in a better spot because what ends up happening is that if you hold on to hatred, if you hold on to unforgiveness, they're taking up mental space and heart space and emotional space in your mind that shouldn't belong to them. And once you can let that go and move on past that, you will be in a better spot. Now that doesn't mean it makes it okay. What happened to you? It doesn't make it right. Right. You're not accepting it, but you're coming to terms of letting it go. And you don't have to ever see or speak or be around that person again if you choose to. Love that distinction. Really important. Really important. Forgive. What I heard you say is forgiveness is is just as much about you, right? You don't want to take in all of that hate and whatever emotion that's going to actually affect the soil inside of you. Yeah, absolutely. Does it mean you have to be okay with any behavior or tolerate that in your life? That's a choice too. Yeah. And and you don't have to love or tolerate that person to be in your life. You know, I mean, there, there are times where there's a specific individual in my life that I just won't be around. Just period. Yep. And I love that person, but I yep. set a boundary. It's very healthy form of self-love right there. Absolutely. And so for me, um, I really like that you, the belief systems that most of us get typically come from our upbringing and then we don't change them typically. Uh, Some people do. Me, my belief system has changed a little bit, but not in the context of leaving the idea of Christianity. My beliefs within Christianity have changed a little bit from what, what I grew up with, but I haven't left the idea of Christianity and moved towards a different religion. Uh, The reason being is because it's not just my parents' religion. It's not just the religion or the belief that, that I grew up with. For me, it is real. And while it may not have started off that way, over time it did become mine. It, I did challenge it. And I feel like I saw Jesus show up in my life in multiple ways, whether that's through saving me physically, spiritually answering really difficult questions, him showing me his love. I felt like he has showed up. And when I look at all the other religions in the world, all the other belief systems, the the reason why I chose Christianity is for very specific purpose. It all has to do with the idea of love. Almost every other religion that I learned and studied required me to live a certain way and to act and to perform in a way that I could never achieve or accomplish. For me, what I learned is that Christianity is the only religion where the Savior died for the creation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son because we couldn't atone for our own sin because we couldn't make right what sin made wrong. So therefore, Jesus came and made right what was wrong. And by accepting in that, I can have salvation. And when I recognize my own humanity, when I recognize 
the crap in my own life, the sins that I've committed, the hurts that I've committed, that all that is forgiven, that spoke volumes to me. And I want to be in a place where when I do something wrong, I can be forgiven and I can forgive others. And I can choose to operate in a system of love versus a system of hate or a system of neglect. And I think one reason why Christianity gets such a bad rap is because a lot of Christians judge people. A lot of Christians say, oh, well, you don't, you don't do this. And the Bible says to do this. No one's perfect. Jesus came because we couldn't fulfill the law. We couldn't fulfill the text. He could. I couldn't. So he became flesh, dwelt among men, died on the cross. So he fulfilled the text. Now it's my responsibility as a believer to accept his love and to know I I can't do it on my own. He that was qualified did it and I accept that gift. So for me and my understanding, that's that's why I chose Christianity even later in my life, not just a belief system that I was taught, that I was raised, and then I just tried to model later. Model, model later. It it's something that when my when my daughter died, God, do you exist? I mean, I had some pretty hard hard questions for him in that moment too. So, thank you, man. Thank you, brother. What are your thoughts, man? Well, it I think that's what I said. It, you, you this has it. been uh, a lot of thoughts and, and this has been fun. I, I just want to be mindful. Uh, yeah. And yeah, got to get you so off. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You um, this flew by also, Evan. Oh, oh, this so is really, much. Yeah. It's cool to hear how um, you talk about your faith with very, very little effort. Uh, so it's, mm. it's something's real natural there. It's really awesome. I appreciate that, man. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. Dude, I love you, bro. I'm so glad we met. Same here. Have a great day, man. You too. When I started this podcast, it was important for me to lead by example, that I wouldn't hide behind a fake mask acting like I've arrived and speaking from the mountaintop. My whole purpose was to be vulnerable about where I was, my failures, my struggles, and my successes so that I could be a bridge, that I could be a gap in this process of showing people how to change in the areas of faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun, because that's exactly where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I had a coach years ago, and he was the first coach I've ever had, and he did it for a very affordable rate because I couldn't afford anything more than what he offered me. But he told me this, Evan, someday you're gonna get in a spot where you're gonna be able to give back to others And I want you to remember what I'm doing for you here and now, that it's made affordable so that you can actually go through it. He goes, I believe in you and I trust that you'll do this. And so because of that, it resonated within me that at a certain point when I felt I've had enough hard knocks that I had something to offer other people, I would start a coaching program. And this is that. I am now starting a coaching program and I'm gonna make it affordable because by the graces of someone else that helped me out when I was first starting my journey, I wanted to do the same for other people. So I'm gonna offer a free 15 minute coaching phone call to anyone that wants it. 
you can go to the website, thewholepersonpodcast.com and sign up for that free coaching phone call. And if you're looking to have a longer extended coaching relationship outside of that first 15 minute phone call, I have the prices right up front. I'm open about it. And I'd be more than happy to see if we'd work well with one another and can help you reach and achieve the goals that you have in life. Guys, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the show.